Hey, this is More Than Velocity. I'm Bart Pear here with Jordan O'Segara and Ryan Croton. And today we've got a guest, Robert Heggie, who's um, who's done a lot of different things. He's got a very unique um, background in baseball. And Jordan, I know you were talking when you were like, hey, this would be an interesting podcast to kind of get on. So why don't you set up how you met Robert and, and kind of we'll go from there. Yeah. So, I mean, originally he reached out just to kind of get started on arm care, get a little more information. I know we had a couple of phone calls, plenty of text messages, things like that. Um, and then as I got to know him a little bit more, it's, you know, he's, he's a pretty good coach when it comes down to it. So that's why we obviously want to get him on the show. And then as I start getting more information on him, he's got one of the more unique roads to getting into coaching. Um, so I want to just kind of turn it over to him and kind of start from the, you know, the beginning, highlight all your experience, how you got into this, because it's a pretty journeyed path, I guess you'd call that it's, it's, it's got some strange trails in there that most people don't do. Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, I'm I'm excited to be here and just kind of, you know, humbled just to be asked to do this. So thank you. Um, like Jordan said, my past is varied. It's a crazy journey. Um, born and raised in North Carolina, played high school ball, um, went to a small NAI school, played ball there for a season or two, and ultimately like didn't work out um, and came back home and joined the military. And so I ended up in the Navy and they paid me to go back to school and get a degree and ultimately become a pilot in the Navy. And so I went to Old Dominion University, finished up my degree and got, a, got my bachelor's in exercise science and kinesiology. And then from there, they sent me to Florida for flight school. I did training in Jacksonville and in Pensacola and when I was in Jacksonville, I volunteered with Trinity Baptist College, which is a NCCAA school. And that kind of got my feet wet in terms of coaching with teams. They eventually transferred me to Washington. Um, I spent a few years in the state of Washington, finished flying. And, you know, throughout the whole process, I'd had clients like one-on-one -on -one kids just I was working with, trying to stay around the game. And when I got out, um, I got hired by the University of Washington Baseball School, which runs all their camps and um, things like that. And so did that for the summer and got hired by Covenant College just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, eventually coached at Milligan College, which is NAIA in Johnson City, Tennessee, and then got out of the recruiting side of things and coaching colleges and being gone all the time. Um, and settled down and started my own business. Um, started with like two kids at the house. Now I have a building I rent and we've got probably 30 plus kids who come to the building. We're looking to get some land, build our own uh, building at this point. And just kind of gone from, you know, helping one kid to how can I help more? And that's just grown into, now I'm a high school pitching coach, um, varsity assistant and run my own academy. And you obviously mentioned NAIA baseball. I know Ryan hates NAIA baseball, but I'm what? a product of NAIA baseball. <laughs> I hate NAIA and, baseball. You know, for me, yeah, I know you said it didn't work out. Mine obviously did work out on the NAIA route because I ended up playing in Tijuana, Mexico, which is like the destination baseball place. So it's like the AL West over there. So, you know, you know, yeah, not everybody gets to have those great experiences of playing in Mexico and getting sick all the time. So, yeah. Um, but with that, you know, whenever I have a chance to mention it with NAIA baseball, you know, you said you were at a small one. You think you said it was Johnson City? 
Yep. Yep. I was obviously at the largest one, the Ivy League of the West Coast, Vanguard University. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> the pinnacle of NAI. But uh, go go ahead, Ryan. I know you got a question in there. <laughs> no, I, I don't. <laughs> so I want you. So Southern Baseball Academy, that's that's yours. Yes, where, where are you located now? Because you've been all over. Yeah. So I'm now back at home. Um, I'm in Hillsborough, North Carolina. So just cool. outside of Durham nice. and Chapel Hill. And do you have teams as well? Or are you just doing one on one coaching? I do. I've got um, two teams. This is going to be our first season. And so I've got a rising sophomore group and a rising senior group. Um, and, yeah, hopefully we add more, you know, over the course of the next couple of years. But I um, I started with two and basically want to focus development first while still being, you know, a showcase pretty uh, competitive team. Um, but that's that's ultimately where arm care really came into this was like, what is going to help me develop these players on these teams? Um, and that's kind of the whole thought behind everything is, you know, the development of each individual kid. So I, with I, that, like what the, were you? Oh, go ahead, Bart. Uh, I was just going to say, I'm always curious when, when people finally bite the bullet and say, I'm going to implement arm care. I'm always curious. What's the, what's the end result? What are they looking for? Cause it's, it varies from a, if you just a kid takes it on or, you know, a college team or, or a facility like yourself. So developing players is, is, is a great answer. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I was going to ask what, how has it kind of helped you from what you're doing prior to, to what you're doing now, now that you have implemented arm care, because you've had some pretty cool success stories and I want to get into those obviously, but prior to arm care, how were you programming and how does your programming change now that you're implementing arm care? So, I mean, honestly, I was one of those coaches that, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily like anymore. <laughs> um, you know, it's that whole idea of like a kid shows up and he's like, Hey coach, I'm ready to throw. And you're like, great. Go hop on the band, do your warm up. Let's grab a baseball, long toss, get on the mound. Okay. Lessons complete. I'll see you next week. Um, and there's some success with that and we can change mechanics and different things, but I very quickly learned that kid might've thrown at practice yesterday. But if I don't ask that question, I don't know. And he's not going to tell me. So now he's throwing fatigue. Well, I didn't do him any good in that lesson. I made my money, but it didn't help him at all. And so then I started looking into different ways. You know, I had a little questionnaire. Hey, when was the last time you threw? Do you know when your coach is going to throw you next? Like start to have those conversations. And then through that, just randomly like arm care was a an ad on an app and so I looked into it and I was like nope this is great this is really going to help with that questionnaire I'm going to know strengths and weaknesses of people um and I know we'll talk about some of the players in a minute but like just you know your back's not as strong as your front and that's why you're having this problem that you're having and now we can attack that and you may not even pitch for me when you come and you have your pitching lesson we're gonna we're gonna handle it again in a developmental way so that when you do get back to the mound, you're better for it. Oh man, that that's great because in the population that you're, you know, really impacting, there's so many athletes that are walking around with imbalances they have no idea. And and oh yeah, <laughs> and and if the pro like if the program, I I gulp when I go into some places and I see the arm care program on a whiteboard, you know, right, and, and they just. There's, you know, 12 kids in a session and they're, 
they're all doing the same thing. And maybe, you know, mostly what we see are the high school athletes are very internal rotation dominant. Absolutely. And then when yeah. they hit, and then when they hit college, the pendulum swings all the way, you know, to the, the backside of the body. And, um, and we see a lot of injuries. Most of the injuries that we see are in layback position for the elbow and the shoulder. And, um, you know, the one thing that I'm so excited about, like, you know, you've taken our, our certified arm care specialist course, you're going into the certified pitching biomechanist course, you're investing in your education, but you're developing the habits and the strategies to take this athlete, which is in the highest bracket for injuries, so that they can have more success and, and, and better outcomes when they leave you, you know, going right. to going to college and, and professional baseball. So, I mean, that's awesome. So run me through a, a typical day. How often are you using, how, how often are you doing tests? Are you, you know, what's, what's typically your, your protocol? Yeah. So I have guys come in um, and as soon as they show up, they just know, like they usually walk in with the phone in their hand. So they walk in, they're answering the daily questions, they're checking in. Um, and then they go to their, their individual warmups. I got a couple of guys who, um, have partnered with tread and come and work out with me. Mm -hmm. And so like, they might not necessarily do the warm up in the app, but they've checked in, they go and do their super long, you know, foam rolling and all of that and their dynamic warm up, And then they hop on their crossover symmetry band. And then we get into the primer. And then basically if they are throwing a bullpen for me, they better fresh test. Um, and so they go in, go through that whole thing. Um, I recommend that they do the full just because I like to see both sides as often as possible. Sometimes they don't have time. They just knock out the quick, you know, no big deal. But they go through that. And then from there, um, it really depends on the athlete, right? Like the tread guys, they've got some med ball stuff, some water bag stuff. They'll go into some plyo work. And while they're doing all that, I'm eyes on helping them correct anything making sure they're doing all of that appropriately because they're 15, 16 years old, you know? So I'll keep my eyes on them. A lot of the younger guys are guys who aren't on that program. We will, we'll go into uh, the core velocity belt, get them moving a little bit, free up the hips. Um, we'll get some med ball work on the mound. Um, depending on the kid and where they are with their strength, I've got some plyo drills that we will do. And then, we'll get a baseball and we'll start throwing. And that's, that's not the first time, but once they start moving with that baseball in their hand and it's much more game-like for them, now I'm paying attention to where's your foot? You know, are you wobbling on the foot? Is your back leg unstable? Like what's happening? And again, like we, we hopefully get to a bullpen, but some kids, I end up having them, you know, walking down the mound as they throw to work a certain movement. And I just stand at the plate. Next thing you know, they've thrown 20 times and they've thrown 15 strikes and they don't realize they're throwing a bullpen and it's one of their best lessons. Um, so it's just, then from there, you know, we check back into the app, we do the uh, post exam and they go into recovery. Um, and so again, depending on how hard they threw or what that day was, Sometimes it's strength-based. Sometimes it's the recovery band. Um, so I really use it to basically run the entire day 
Now you, I thought you made up a really good point there on you're, you're sometimes you're like throwing a pen, but it takes a while to get there, or you may have to just skip the pen altogether and do something with yeah. like a slight variation of a bullpen. And one of the things we, I mean, we were just on uh, with uh, uh, Porcio a couple week mm-hmm. ago, two weeks or whatever it was. And I remember we were saying like, we like long-term development systems and you mm-hmm. went from going, Hey, I do a short-term one lesson here and there, collect a little money to now you're looking at it in a long-term view. And when I think people take things in a long-term view, you're able to actually make lasting change. And that's right. where, you know, a lot of people are going, well, you don't throw a ton of bullpens. When I work with guys, I do one bullpen because I'm coaching at a high school as well. I do one bullpen session and then I do one live session in a week right. where they're facing hitters. And I don't do a whole lot of instruction in the pen. I do most of my instruction in drill work, in the throwing program and everything. And then once they get on the mound, it's like, well, what are we retaining? What have right. we actually, yep. what, what have you figured out? Or then that lets me know, okay, well, what do we go back into our curriculum and then implement through our drills and our throwing program? And then they get a test themselves when they get on the mound. And that's kind of the way I view it. I'm obviously phrasing it differently than you did, but I heard some really cool <laughs> things in there that make me yeah. go like, yeah, you know, I know you had a, a pretty good grasp and a good understanding. And obviously I'm going to, I'm able to take notes on the things you say, which is awesome. I like doing that. But if you can go a little bit more in depth, if you don't mind, I don't want you to give away any industry secrets that kind of make you unique. <laughs> but it's a, it's a very unique way that you're just described that is way different than most 99% of the other instruction that's out there. And I really want to make sure you highlight that because it really sets you apart on the way you teach pitching. Well, well, I appreciate that. I um, I think it really stuck out for me and it was time for me to like change how I did it when I had athletes coming into the high school season who had spent an entire off season with somebody or some company and they're actually injured and I have to get them healthy so they can pitch for me in a game mm-hmm. or like the kid might be able to throw 86, 87 left-hand side. And you're thinking, man, this is great, but he can't throw it for a strike whatsoever when you put him in a competition setting. Mm-hmm. So I had to start saying, am I sending guys out into the world who are, who are that player? Am I giving that player to somebody else? And I'm not helping that other coach or that player whatsoever. Um, And so I really like, that's when it really clicked. Like you have to change something and you can't just make a kid feel good because he hit a PR today. I don't care if he's down 10 miles an hour. Did he get better? Is he moving better? can he look at this video and say, holy cow coach, that's a different delivery. And like, I didn't feel stressed today. Like my arm's not tired today. Great. Now we're making changes. You see then, one. Of, oh, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry. Yeah. The, like, like it's, it's amazing because, you know, you're taking this lens as a protector, you know, this, like yeah. when I, when I saw, <laughs> yeah, when I saw arm care at the beginning, when I was in, in, in major league baseball one, I thought the ad was BS when I saw Joe Bimel throw 94.6 or something in a bullpen, I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Like I, Jordan, I, we, we track bullpens for like a whole season um, in major league baseball, just to understand what kind of velocity decrement you have. Cause I looked right. at that. I went on fan graphs. I'm like, this guy hasn't broken 88.9 on a fastball in a game. And uh, in a contact at the peak of, the of his co- career, at the peak of his like, career, yeah. Peak of his career yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's 44 years old. I'm like, man, they doctored this up. You know, they, they, so, you know, I, I, I contacted the company. I remember talking to Dugan and he said, no, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm telling you hundred percent truth. That is his performance. 
you know, and, and I thought to myself, I'm like, man, like, okay, he tested it on himself. He's an athlete. He's an older guy. There's impact, but he's a coach and, and getting to know him, like he's, he sounds like you because he's, 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 he's a protector, you mm-hmm. know? And I thought, you know, I looked at it as like, man, like this, this is going to take someone who's a coach and, and really like have a holistic health perspective. You know, you're not just selling like many other people could just, you know, velocity enhancement, right? right? You're selling how to be sustainable and how to be healthy. And, um, you know, you know, that's, that, that's, I think is the name of the game. I love hearing that from coaches. Um, and we need more of them, you know, we need more of the message that we, what you have. I had a quick question for you, you know, cause I, I've had a lot of feedback from the course, from the first course, the certified mm-hmm. arm care specialist course. And, um, I, I'd be curious, like what you could talk about that really resonated with you from that information, because people think, oh, well, I got to be a, you know, a, a sports in sports medicine to take it. I got to be an right. athletic trainer. I got to be a physical therapist. I got to be a doctor. I got to be a strength coach. Right. You know, now we're, we're getting into the people who control the most dangerous aspect of the game right. is throwing, right. Pitching and throwing. So love to hear that from you, man. Yeah. So I, I love the course. Um, I was really hesitant for a while just because I had used the app so much and I had this, like, I know what I'm doing. And so I'm looking through the app and kids got a shoulder imbalance and okay, well, we got to attack that shoulder imbalance, um, last year. And I told him I was going to throw him under the bus, uh, Quinn Finnegan, kids, mm-hmm. a freshman tops out at like 81 and he's just a dude for us. But halfway through the year, he literally throws his his shoulder out of socket Hmm. he goes and see a physical therapist and she's like well you're hypermobile blah 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 she says the same thing your back is not as strong as your front and so I'm like all right well we'll go through two weeks of rehab we'll make sure we start to work the back muscles and all of that and we work um eccentric loads and things and we'll get it fixed and you'll be fine well we go through that process and then I take the course finally and I, I get in and there are so many little things that I thought I knew what was working or why we needed to work on the back. But the understanding shifted and it became a much deeper knowledge. And so like now I know like he wasn't compressing that shoulder joint as he was coming forward. Like it's not sucking into his body. Mm-hmm. He literally just his front overtook his back half. He had no compression and pop and he could feel it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, same kid. He, we got him stronger. We worked on his back recently. He's had an elbow issue. All right. He's wanting to do different wrist curls and all this stuff to work on the elbow. But when I look at his test, his back is still 0. 0.76, 0. 0.77. Mm-hmm. We gained strength but we didn't gain strength relative to the front half. We just, everything went up together. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, well, look, we fixed it last year. You're throwing harder this year than you were. Where's, where's the issue? What's happening? And you can go in and say, okay, well now it's no longer like, we're probably getting that compression at this point based on what we fixed last year. But now because of the imbalance, 
you're getting that um, that torque in the elbow from layback. And when you finish through and everything relaxes, that's when you're feeling like, ooh. You know, you don't feel it necessarily right here. Mm-hmm. But because of the speed of the layback and then the transfer forward and you're not able to put the brakes onto that arm, you have mm-hmm. to compensate somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, up until taking the course, I didn't realize that the compensation necessarily would be in his elbow. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we're talking about shoulder muscles. That's what we need to fix. But the symptoms here, mm-hmm. it's in his elbow. And so now it's like, okay, now we're readdressing things and we're still trying to strengthen the forearm a little bit. His pinch grip's not as high as, you know, maybe we'd like it, but it's above 16%. It's decent. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's not the problem. Mm -hmm. It wasn't your forearm pulling on your elbow. It's still the back. (laughs) So he went to a doctor and was told you need to fix X, but Y was the problem. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're fixing the wrong thing at this point. You're not going to be healthy this year. You're creating a bigger imbalance when you don't address the actual problem. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting chills as you're talking. um, Because (laughs) could also be flu season, right? No, no. The the way you're speaking is algorithmic. That's the, that's the whole like component of the individualization of training. If this, then that, right. And the way you're communicating is the spear model. It's like you fix strength. You realize that strength was low and then, you know, probably velo went up. So the power aspect is improving, right? right. And he's able to sustain, sustain more um, throws per season, not maybe his fatigue. Now he's got the endurance, right? But then you hit that A of the spear. You're like, okay, there's still an asymmetry. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, I got to fix this. And you're making that connection down chain in the arm of what could happen at the elbow. I mean, this is, that's, I mean, that's what the course is for, you know, it's just understanding what the numbers mean, focusing on the spear training model pathways and you're, you're doing it. It's like second nature, which is, that's awesome, man. I also Great. want to touch on another thing with the course. Cause I know you're, you're almost dual certified. You may be one of our first dual certified, certified coaches that we have. Hey, let's do it. <laughs> so before we started filming and before everybody hopped on, I mean, you were talking for a little bit. And you were talking about some of the things you've already kind of pulled out of the biomechanics course. Yeah. So if you want to go into that a little bit, I think that'd be pretty cool to touch on as well. Yeah. So again, just with my background being kinesiology and exercise science, like that was the course I really wanted to take, but I was like, you know, I need to do them both. Let's get them both done. Um, (laughs) And I'm honestly, I'm only through the introduction, which I mean, if I stopped right now, I feel like I just learned everything I needed to, you know, like there's still so much more, but that (laughs) it was incredible. I loved it. It was great. (laughs) And I was telling um, Jordan, I immediately started to introduce some stuff because it started to click for me a little bit different again. Um, Uh I had a kid come in last night. He's been working for me, um, with me for a little while. He's a seventh grader, plays football. So big, strong dude. And he's like, 62 miles an hour on the mound and whenever we're like working on his hinge stuff it just looks funny Mm -hmm. and the story about the uh the major league player who had his foot turned internal to his body while doing lunges that you then corrected and made him unstable Mm -hmm. i'm watching this kid last night do his hinge work Mm -hmm. and his feet are perfectly straight 
mm-hmm. and his knees are like buckling in and wobbling and there's no balance whatsoever. And so I actually had him turn his back foot external to his body, get the toe on the rubber mm-hmm. and it lined him up. It got him stable. He sat into a perfect hinge and he was 66, 67, the rest of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And his dad was just like, that's five miles an hour mm-hmm. in a week. And we didn't change strength. That's what I was saying earlier when we were kind of talking before this was, yes, we added miles per hour, but I don't think we added units of stress because now he's moving efficiently and we didn't use a weighted ball program to get it there. We just corrected a motor preference, got his body optimized. And now like, I mean, ultimately what seventh grade kid is going to be close to or touching 70, right? Like, in the general population, he's above average already. Yeah, that's better than me. It's amazing, man. Yeah, right? Like, I don't remember the last time I hit 70, and I still use arm care <laughs> and, like, throw and train every day. <laughs> that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, Ryan's uh, – this is going to be his favorite podcast now after hearing <laughs> Oh, it's I'm pumped. I, I, yeah, just... I was going to say, I, I heard when he mentioned Pensacola, Florida, I saw Bart's eyes light up. Bart's like, oh, Pensacola. <laughs> Yeah, and then as soon as he mentions coursework, Ryan's eyes lit up. So it's, it's just everybody, a, you know? the application is, <laughs> I mean, that's the key, right? Like there's a lot of information out there that, you know, is based on case studies or it's descriptive. Like it's telling you what these certain, these metrics mean, but you are now taking the course and making it meaningful with, with, right. you know, you're doing something about it you really understood this athlete's got an external rotation motor preference and I, and and then it just clicked. Right. And, and that's the thing is like, that's a big crux of the course is if you're, you know, things that impact mechanics are strength, length, and timing. And when you're taking it to a gym pattern and you're training just a pattern, you're focusing on not allowing the athlete to recruit the way that they would on the mound you're, you're, you're starting to move them away from how they apply force and how right. they coordinate. Like, it's like, bang, you're doing strength and coordination training and it's, it's happening. Oh yeah. And I've, I've got guys who they're on an in-season lifting program. So they come in, you know, they throw their bullpen at school for me. And then mm-hmm. that afternoon after their bullpen, they come to the gym and they lift. And mm-hmm. again, just going back to like the motor preference stuff, like when they're doing lunges, I can put 225 pounds on my back and my right knee is going to be really close to my left ankle and I can squat that weight. Mm -hmm. But in terms of pitching, I need to be over five feet for my stride. Mm -hmm. So why not lunge at a five foot stride? Well, guess what? Those those kids are going to start doing lunges at a much longer stride. They're going to do their shoulder presses with a foot on a bench and standing on their plant leg, right? Like we're going to change these things because again, ultimately i need these kids to peak in august when they go to their college camps for the first time not tell me how sore they are and they need a weekend off and they can't go to the camp or you see them like you know kid touched 80 in july and now it's august and he's back to 75 and no like nobody's interested anymore you know so like they they see it in terms of velocity enhancement I see it in, well, can you be 80 today and 82 in two weeks and the arm feels good and now you're mm-hmm. 84 in six months and next thing you know, you're a sophomore going into your um, high school season and you're 85 
and the entire process, you've stayed healthy. I, I know what you're saying is really high quality because I'm watching Jordan write. Um, <laughs> yeah, like that That to me, every podcast that I know, okay, Jordan's learning something because um, I don't want to fill his head up, but he knows a lot. Um, this, <laughs> I know this a lot is of amazing. useless stuff. That's my only thing. I'm like really it. good at Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, but for actual life <laughs> skills, not so much. Yeah, well, I, I like I I don't know how much y'all you know have worked with people who work with like tread or whatever, but like I like back, going back to Quinn Finnegan again, like he and I have worked together for three years, and I have never felt any type of pressure or anything in when he brought on a physical therapist to work with us mm -hmm. or to see him every couple of weeks when he went to see a chiropractor. Now we have three people on his team. Mm -hmm. Well, now he's working with tread. I probably text and talk to his tread coach more than he does. Mm -hmm. So now we're a four team. Then he gets to high school season and Bryson Massey, his head coach with me, we're five people behind this kid. Yeah. There are so many times I had reached out to other places and been like, Hey, I got a kid. He's going to come to my gym and work with me, but we'd like to try your product. Can you help us? And they were like, well, yeah, but we're not going to talk to you. We're, we yeah. deal with him only. Yeah. Are you so concerned that I'm going to take your client, right? <laughs> like, why are we not building this huge team around this kid? The kid's 88 miles an hour now, a year later as a sophomore, because he has a team of five and none of our egos are too big. So yeah, when Gordon's writing stuff down, right? Like <laughs> he learned it's... a little something, hopefully. I'm glad I could do it. But the reason I'm on this podcast is because I've learned from Jordan. I've learned from yeah. you, Ryan. Like, like you cannot be the smartest guy in the room and you're hanging a kid's career on your head and your ego. Right. Yeah. That's coaching humility and uh, communication, in my opinion, is a major cause for injury. Imagine this coach is doing something different. Let you know, athlete yeah. might be doing arm care work in both in two different places. One is using the app, right, with this coach and, and really dialing in. The other, who we might go to, is doing something completely opposite or doing more than right. what the athlete can handle. You're seeing maybe they're getting fatigued, you know, and if you don't have that multidimensional collaborative approach and not know what's going on there, that athlete's getting pushed to injury, mm -hmm. you know, because of the lack of communication. I mean, that's why we have our dashboard. We're, it's supposed to be used with multiple, you know, multiple affiliates, coaches on there so that you can really all communicate on the same thing. So yeah, you're, you're yeah. doing things like, I mean, this is big league. What you're doing okay. is people are really specialized around the athlete rather than the jack of all trades. You're getting people, you know, who really can dial in in certain pieces and give the athlete the best, um, you know, advisement possible. I mean, that's awesome. That is something that definitely needs to be known in, in the baseball community is that you have to know your blind spots. Yeah. You know, and fill them in with, with people that, you know, have that, that knowledge and be a better resource for your player. That's, I mean, that's what's going to get you the right results quickly. Honestly, like Ryan was saying, a lot of the guys, especially at the high school age, it's all internally dominant. And so, you know, I could, I could give you a hundred stories of the kids coming in that are like, Hey, I can only go one inning and then I'm really sore and tired, but there's no real injury. Well, 
you're back fatiguing. Your external rotators are having issues and you can't keep up. And so you throw 20 pitches and you're done. Yep. All right. So. It's good to know. Good to know. Well, hey, Robert, I appreciate it. This has been a really good podcast. Um, you know, Southern Baseball Academy. Look them up. I'll put the link in the notes here. And uh, until next time, take care. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks again. Thank you, man.